0: everyone. Welcome to New Point Community Church. Thanks for joining our podcast today. We pray that this series and this message inspires you to grow your faith and builds your relationship with Jesus. Enjoy today's message. Well, good morning at New Point. I want to welcome all of you joining us on one of our six campuses. Also, also to those of you joining us online, it's really, really good to be with you this morning. I've got a question for you. How do you trust an invisible God? How do you trust a God whom you can't see? If you've been around New Point for any amount of time, you you hear Dwight say this all the time. The number one thing that God wants from us is trust. He just wants us to trust him. And, And here's the reason for that. The more we learn to trust God, the more we will experience his love, the more we'll, we'll not only know about His love, but the more we'll feel His love, the more we trust Him. In fact, uh, in Scripture, in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 17, it says this way, it connects those two together, it says, then Christ will make His home in your hearts. That means Christ will live with you. You'll notice more of Christ's presence as you trust, as you trust in Him. And as you trust in Him, your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. The more we trust, the more we get to know the love of God. We've been in a series this past month called Getting It Right, The Road to Your Next Step. As we think about that question, how do I trust a God whom I can't see, whom I can't sit down uh, across the table and talk to like I would with a family member or friend? How do I really grow in a relationship with an invisible God? And although we could never fully lay out a perfect plan, a perfect process for how I, for how you can grow in your faith, can grow in your relationship. God does give us some practical things we can do, steps that we can take to grow in our trust and to grow in our love for him. We call those next steps here at New Point. And over the past month, we've been talking about many of those. We talked about decide, invite, and attend. We talked about connect last week. Next week, we're going to talk about serve. But today, we're going to talk about giving and how giving is an integral part of our faith and especially Trust, And you're gonna hear that word a lot today, learning to trust in God. Now, here, here's what, how I wanna how I want to really set the table as we start talking about giving today. For those of you who are new to our church or you're visiting our church today, we've got baptisms a little bit later, so I know some of you may be here to cheer somebody on whom you love who's getting baptized later today. Here's what I want you to hear. For those of you who really yet to make the decision to follow Jesus, we do not want you to to give. In fact, you could actually tune out this entire message today. Pull up your phone, work on the latest Wordle or play Candy Crush because this this message today is for those of us who've made the decision. We've decided to follow Christ. And as we've decided to follow Christ, that means for us, we're also learning to trust him. And learning to trust him in this area of finances is a a huge step of faith. It's actually a really difficult step of faith for many to tackle. And for those of you who are new, here's the reason we really prefer you not to give. We don't want you to give. It's because for those of us who love New Point, this is our home church. For those of us who love Jesus and follow Jesus, one of the main reasons that we give is in the hopes that you would be sitting with us today. In fact, you just being here is a gift to us. We give because we want people who have yet to really experience who God is and how awesome he is to have in your life and what it's like to have a relationship. It's such a powerful thing. And the greatest thing we want to be able to give our world is for others to experience that same relationship that we know and love, and that makes such an incredible difference in our lives. But the reason that it's important for us to talk about this is because Jesus talks about it. Jesus actually talks quite a bit about money, but the reason Jesus talks about money may not be the reason you think. As I just mentioned, a reason we give is so that we can spread the gospel. We can share the good news of what Jesus has done for us. But that is not even the main reason Jesus asked us to give. Here's what what I'd like you to know. If you don't remember anything else today, here's I think the most important thing in understanding Jesus as he talks about money is Jesus does not need your money. He doesn't need your money but what Jesus demands is your heart. What Jesus wants more than anything is your heart. And Jesus knows that there are things in this world that we love. Many things that are not bad that we love, affections that we have, that if we're not careful, it's those very affections that can get in the way of our love and our devotion to him and how we worship him and honor him and try to live out. And there may be no other love that's more common to us, especially in our country, in the United States of America, that can easily get in our way of the love that we have for God than than money. It just It just is. And it doesn't really matter if you have a little bit of money or if you have a lot of money. It is overbearing. It's hard not to think about money and not wanting more about it. And although money does so much good for us, in fact, money is a gift that God gives to us, even though it does so much good for us, if we're not careful, money can also do something to us that we may not even be aware of. You, you probably know this, but, but you might know that the United States of America, this country that we live in, it's the wealthiest nation in the world. We live in the wealthiest nation in the world, depending on which specific statistic you, you look at. We're in the top five of all of those statistics. Do you know what else, the United States of America, do you know what else, what other list that we're at the very top of? For those of you soccer fans, this is a World Cup year. I don't know if any of you are soccer fans. It is not men's soccer. We're not. We're not at the top of that list. At least, at least not yet. Maybe someday. The other list that the United States of America is top in is anxiety and depression. How do those two things go? to We're we're the wealthiest, but we're also the most anxious and the most depressed nation in the world. Is that a coincidence? In Matthew chapter 6, Jesus he begins his conversation on money, and this is what this is what he says uh, in Matthew chapter 6, starting in verse 19, he says, Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and vermin destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. He says, For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. He continues, he says, no one can serve two masters. No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Now, it doesn't say you cannot love or cannot have both God and money. It says you can't serve both God and and money. So today as we as we try to get our heads wrapped around what does Jesus mean by all this? There's three basic thoughts that I want to share with you today on connecting your treasure with your heart. Treasure with your heart. Here's here's the first one. Is that God does not fully have our heart until he has our treasure. God cannot fully have our heart until he has our treasure. Now I don't mean all of our treasure. I don't mean all of our money, but I mean this: God can't fully have our heart until we trust Him with our treasure. That's really what He's saying here. And uh, it, it's it's not that God again cares about our money, but He cares about our hearts, and He knows money can get in the way of that. Here here here's what he's, here's uh, how Paul talks about it in First Timothy. In First Timothy chapter six verse ten, it says, "For the love of money." Not money, it doesn't say for money is a root of all evil. It says for the love of money is a is root of all kinds of evil. Some people eager for money have wandered far from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. Again, money can so easily lead to grief. Money itself is actually not bad. It's not evil. Money's neither bad nor good. It's amoral. It's not one or the other. Instead, it's what we do to money and what money can do to us that can become a little bit harmful. Uh and, and money for us can can uh, can take on many many forms. And, and it's it's not so much that we even love money, but it's more that we love what money can do for us. What what do you love that money can do for you? trips, vacations, for a lot of people, the biggest thing that money does for them is security. It just gives you a sense of well-being, of safety, of knowing like, hey, all of your needs are going to be met. Money is a huge part of our security and safety. And that's a good thing. But that can be something that money becomes for us. It becomes our security. For others of us, it's significance. For some, some of us like money because it affects how other people look at us, how other people view us. For some, money can be all about control. This is, probably, this is probably the one for me. And I think it goes all the way back to my childhood. When I grew up, I grew up in a family that didn't have a lot of money. Um, we always had what we needed. I mean, we never went without a meal or anything like that. But there were a lot of things that I really wanted that I didn't get. you know, There were certain cars that my friends had that we had no chance at. There was lots of stuff like that. But for whatever reason, one of the things I most remember uh, happened when we were doing some back to school shopping. Some of you parents, grandparents, maybe have just done that with kids and grandkids as they've gone back to school. And at the time, I'm gonna date myself a little bit here. I was a teenager in the early to mid nineties. I remember shopping with my mom and we were getting some new jeans. And at the time they were like, two brands of jeans like all the cool kids had that I really wanted. And I even remember, their, I don't know why I remember the names, but they were Massimo and Zeke Cavarici. Anybody Maybe some of you in my age range will remember those, but like everybody had those, but well, our family couldn't afford those. So we had to settle for the really cheap ones. And and I hated, I hated that I couldn't have those jeans. And it really wasn't that big of a deal, but there were things that happened like that consistently throughout my childhood where I kept telling myself, it put an imprint in my heart, even though I never really thought about it, it put this message in my life that someday as I get older and as I make money, I want money because I don't want not having it keeping me from what I want to do when I want to do it. I want money because it will give me control over my life and being in charge. And the reason money becomes so dangerous for us is because it becomes a threat to whom we serve. Where should we get our significance as followers of Christ? Where should we get our security as follows? Are we to be in control or are we to surrender? We just sang that song, all to you, I surrender. Are we to surrender our lives, control of our lives to God or are we to be the ones in control? And that's how money can be some become so dangerous. And this is really where the power of giving starts to set in. When we can start to trust God with our treasure, when we can start to give, here's what it does. It starts to loosen the power that money has over us and it has power over us. And that's the power of giving and how it can start to help us grow in our faith. Here's the second thought connecting our hearts and our treasures is that giving cultivates trust. Giving cultivates trust. Of all six of our next steps, I actually believe that this is the one that helps us grow in our trust more than any other step. It's one of the most practical things that we have that we can do to grow in our trust because it's, it's hard. It's hard that if we trust God with our treasure, like will he actually show up and provide for my needs when I trust him with my treasure? It's the ultimate test. And I've seen person after person after person like grow in their faith because they made this decision to trust God with their treasure, and they saw God show up in ways they never would have imagined or never would have thought. I learned this lesson early on, uh, early on in my age. My mom and dad taught me the value of of tithing, of trusting God with my treasure at a young age. And for those of you uh, who didn't grow up with this, this is so much harder. This is such a harder thing to do if you didn't grow up doing it as an adult. Uh, But as a kid, I learned doing that. Where it really came to the forefront for me um, was when I was in college. When I was in college, I remember one uh, Sunday morning, I was getting ready to go to church and I was writing out my check. This was way back in the day where you still had to write write ch- checks. And so I was writing my check, went to my little ledger in my checkbook and I realized that my tithe check was more than the balance that I had in my checking account. I knew that if I wrote this check, my check was going to bounce. So my natural thought is, okay, I'll just wait. A week. I'll just wait a week or two, and then I'll back pay. I'll back, I'll back pay my tithe in a couple of weeks when I know I have more money in my checking account. Well, for whatever reason, I don't know that I would recommend this. So there's a little disclaimer in this. But for whatever reason, God just told me in that moment. He says, "Hey Dave, trust me. Write the check." And so it was like one of those moments where God was speaking in your heart, and you know when those moments coming. And so I'm like, "All right." but I know the church is going to call me on Monday or Tuesday to let me know that the check just bounced. So I write the check. Offering comes in church that day. I drop it in the offering. And uh, that afternoon, that afternoon, I go to my mailbox and in my mailbox is an envelope from my roommate from the previous year. This is a roommate from the previous year. And what he had forgotten to do six months prior is he forgot to settle balances on all of our like utility bills from the apartment that we were renting. And so he just happened to remember on that very Sunday that he still owed me some money. And that money was more than enough to cover that tithe check. Now, some of you might be saying, oh, there's a rational explanation for that. And you can go there if you want to. You can't but I've seen God show up for that time and time again. When I put my trust in him, he always provides for my need. Trusting God, giving cultivates trust for us. Have you ever heard it said, have you ever heard it said um, uh, this, that that wherever your, your, whatever it is that you love, that's where you spend your money. Maybe you hear it said like this, show me where you spend your money, show me your checking account and I'll show you what you love. I believe that's true. It's this idea that, that wherever your heart is, your treasure will follow. That There is some truth to that, but that's not actually what Jesus said in Matthew chapter six. Jesus said in Matthew chapter six, he says, for where your treasure is, there your heart will also be. He says, wherever you put your treasure, your heart will follow. And I think you guys get this. Like, for those of you who like to, to to live in the stock market a little bit, especially those of you who love to day trade, you put your money in different individual stocks every day, putting in, taking out. Like, how often during the day do you check those stocks? Probably more than just once, isn't it? Because where you put your money, your heart, your attention follows. Uh, or maybe you can relate to this. I remember the very first car my wife and I, I, I bought as adults. It was in the early 2000s. It was right at the time the Honda released uh, the Pilot. And I fell in love with that car immediately. Like I knew that's the car I wanted. But part of the reason I think I was drawn to the Honda Pilot is because it was a little bit newer. Like I never saw anybody else driving a Honda Pilot. I never saw it on the road anywhere. So I thought, oh, that's kind of cool. Be a little bit unique this way. But you know what happened as soon as we bought the Honda Pilot? We started seeing Honda Pilots everywhere we drove. Why? Because once we invest in something, like our eyes will follow. When we give to God, when we put our treasure, when we trust him with our treasure, guess what our eyes will start to see more of? They'll start to see more of him in the everyday ordinary life. Giving cultivates trust. Here's the third thing. Here's the really practical thing um, for, for, for today on what it looks like to trust God. How do we trust God with our treasures? Well, biblically speaking, trusting God begins with tithing. Tithing literally means 10%. The word tithe, is the same thing as 10%. And it goes all the way back to the very beginning of the Bible. We see this pattern created with Abraham on this idea of tithing. Tithing is giving 10%. And it's not just giving 10%. It's actually the first 10% 10% throughout all of scripture. I think what happens for a lot of us, a lot of us who love the Lord, like we really do wanna give. This is a this is a discipline, this is a habit that we want to create. But what happens for a lot of us is that we will wait to like the end of the month or the end of the pay period and like whatever we have left over, um, we'll give that to God. And that's a great place to start. But that's a little bit more like tipping rather than Tiding It would be much in the same way of me if I had a $20 bill and I went into a restaurant and I said, hey, I know when I walk out of this restaurant, I'm not going to walk out with this $20 bill. Whatever I spend on food, that's great. But whatever I have left over, whether it's $5 or $15, that's going to go to the waitress. That's a tip. A lot of us, the way we give is we tip God. Again, an okay place to start, but that's not really where trust is started. Trusting begins with 10% and giving first that first 10% to God. In Malachi chapter three, in verse 10, here's what it says. It says, in your tithes and your offerings. He says, bring the whole tithe, that's 10%, into the storehouse. I believe the storehouse is the church. That there may be food in my house. It goes on to say this. He says, test me in this. This is the Lord. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be room enough to store it. Test me in this. This is the only time in scripture where God invites us to put him to the test. God's saying, hey, do you trust me or not? Try it and just see if I won't surprise you. Just see if I'm not good enough. Just see if I'm not capable enough. This is an incredibly powerful invitation that God gives us too. For for my wife and I, I mentioned our parents both taught us this discipline younger, which has been an easier thing for us to continue in our lives. We give 10% to our church. In fact, we give a little bit more than that. That's grown over the years, but there are also lots of other like great ministries, great uh, great organizations and nonprofits that we love and that we feel compelled to support. We actually consider those gifts that we give to those organizations our offerings. When it says, bring your tithes and your offerings, we believe the tithe goes to the church, the offerings go to all these other things that uh, that we want them to go to. And, and here's the reason for that is we believe the storehouse is the best representative, the church, currently in our day is the best representative of the storehouse. And maybe for some of you, you give 10%, um, but you you pick and choose a little bit. Like you give a little bit of that 10% here, a little bit of that there. Here's here's where maybe a little bit of a rub could be with that. If you are like me, if you're like me uh, and money gives you control, like that's really the idol that can start to creep up in your heart Is is the issue of control. When you pick and choose a little bit, guess what? Who's in control still? It's you. You're still in control at that point. And that's why I think the tithe comes to the storehouse. Um, here's here, here's what I'd say about that is um, as we kind of lay out a challenge for you today, because I want to challenge you to test God in this area. In fact, that's that's if i give you could give you one takeaway today it would be this is that for the next 3 months just for 3 months september october and november would you put god to the test and just see if he doesn't provide in ways that surprise you i really do believe that 90% when we trust god with our finances can go further than 100% without trusting God in our finances. Now that doesn't mean we can have poor money management. We still have to be really good money managers. In fact, I believe money management is a spiritual discipline that we all have room to grow in. I'm still growing in this area of my life, but I want, I'd want i challenge you to test God in that and just see if he won't surprise you and how he can take care of you in this area of your life. And here's what I'd say to you. If you think this is a way for us just to ask for your money, here's the other thing I'd say. If that's going through your mind at all, here's what I want you to do with your tithe. Give it to another church. Don't give it to New Point. This really isn't about us. Because what we want something for you so much more than we want anything from you. It's this area of learning to trust, of growing our trust muscles that for many of you will take your relationship with God to a whole nother level. Because as you trust him, what you're gonna find out is you're going to feel, know, and experience his love in a greater way. I mentioned a little bit earlier that we are the wealthiest nation and we're also the most anxious and depressed nation. Did you know that probably doesn't surprise Jesus? In Matthew chapter six, the where I just read uh, this verse about not serving two masters for where your treasure is there, your heart will be also. Do you know what Jesus talks about in the verse right after that? see, in verse in verse uh, 20, 24, again, he says, no one can serve two masters. You can't serve both God and money. And then in the very next verse, this is what Jesus says. It says, therefore, I tell you, Do not be anxious about your life. 2,000 years ago, Jesus knew that the weight of money and the weight it has over us will probably cause us to have more anxiety and worry than we know how to respond to. We're seeing that play out in our nation. He goes on to say this in verse 33. This is one of my favorite verses. Jesus says, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Couple of resources we wanna share with you today. Um, there is an incredible resource we have as a church. We've we've purchased this. This every single one of you can download this. It's a it's a resource called Right Now Media. It's a resource a lot of our small groups use, but you can use it individually for a lot of really great Bible studies. One of the great Bible studies on Right Now Media is this called Rock Solid Finance. If some of you are looking for a little bit more help, not just with Bible study about money, but really some Basic money management skills, like Financial Peace University. There's others like that out there that are really, really good. This one is, I'd say, a little bit more basic and simple, but it's also a little easier to get your head wrapped around initially. I'd encourage you to do that. Here's here's how you can do that: is, is you can text this number to get access to Right Now Media. If we can get it up on our screens, maybe uh, if you go to if you go to our website. Looks like maybe we lost that slide. If you go to our website, newpoint.org, you can find this research for Right Now Media. All you have to do is sign up for it. You'll get a free access to that account. Once you get onto Right Now Media, Search for rock-solid finance. It's an incredible Bible study. Uh, for you. some of you parents who have teenagers, it would be a really good one to walk through uh, with your teenagers as you set them up to manage money, manage money as they get into their adult years. Here's another great resource that we have for you too. Um, as a church, we have just partnered with a uh, organization called Free Will. Do you know that 70% of people die without a will? or a living estate. I had a lady at church a couple of months ago, hey, come up to me and ask me about this very thing. She says, hey, do you think it's morbid that I'm talking to my kids about my will and my estate and like how I want my funeral to be planned? Do you think that's weird? I said, that's not weird. And it's definitely not morbid. I said, there's nothing more loving that you could do than to have all of that already planned out for your kids. So that that day when it does come, they don't have to worry about all the junk of your estate. They can just be focused on grieving you. With free will, it's free for you guys to use. With free will, a couple of the advantages that you can do is you can ascribe a power of attorney for your healthcare, for all your business and property, But here's the big one, also all of your digital accounts. So someday when you're gone, uh, whoever you leave all that responsibility to, they will be able to work with whatever companies that you have, whatever online digital accounts to be able to take care of what needs to be taken care of. That's a great resource. So if you don't have a free will, take advantage of that. Go to newpoint.org slash give. At the bottom of that page is a little tab where you can sign up for a free account for a free will. We'll be doing a webinar on that as well in October, but you don't have to wait for that in October. You can get started on that right away. All right. Hey, today is a really special day. Um, for those of you who uh, who do give here at New Point, we are so grateful for you. And as uh, as I mentioned, one of the reasons that we do choose to give is we give because we hope that others can experience God in a relationship with God in the same way that we know and love. Today, we get to celebrate with many who have discovered that and who have made the decision uh, to be baptized. In fact, between all six of our campuses, we have 86 baptisms happening today. Can we give it up? That's awesome. So again, I wanna thank you for those of you who are faithful in your giving. Ultimately, that's what we're after—that's what it's all about. So as these people get baptized, uh, celebrate with them, uh, enjoy them. For those of you who are new to church, this thing of baptism is a, is a practice that we do because it connects us with the death and the resurrection of Jesus. It's our way of making a public confession to, to all of you, to everyone else, that we love God and that we want to give our lives to serving Him. So we're excited to celebrate with those people, and uh, we're gonna we're gonna end our service by with those baptisms and singing a song today. Let me pray as we close up our time. Father God, we are so grateful uh, for your faithfulness and your goodness to us. God, this area of money, it is really difficult and challenging for us to trust you with us, God, because there is so much to worry about. (laughs) And we don't always know how we're going to be provided for. God, give us the strength and the courage to trust you. God, because here's what we believe is that you know what's best for us, that you're good and that you're capable of providing for us. God, we pray for all those getting baptized today. God, may they be filled with the power of your Holy Spirit and God, may they continue to grow in their understanding of how wide and deep your love is for them. It's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thank you for joining us today. If you want to know more about us, please visit our website at newpoint.org. There you'll find past messages, parent resources, times and locations to all of our physical campuses, or you could just download our app at newpoint.org app. There you can find all those same resources, just in a mobile version. We want to say thank you again for joining us and we'll see you next time.